0: Um, talk like a Christian. The Bible gives specific instructions about how we are to use our words. Words should be used to build up and to encourage. The Apostle Paul advised in Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. To the early church in Thessaloniki, he wrote, encourage one another, build each other up. We know that words can hurt. We've all been hurt by them, and likely we have hurt others with our words. And we like to think that we would never do that intentionally. But careless words, things said in anger. Things said in anger, um, sarcasm, and I'm losing my spot. I'm having a rough day. Uh, Lies and half-truths and gossip, then only hurt, but they are contrary to the way God wants you to live your life. From Colossians 3.9, it says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. And what that means is you you know God, okay? You're trying to live this godly life. He goes, you don't have to do that. That's the, that's the old stuff. That's the, the old you, and you that you put away when you said, I'm gonna follow Christ. The psalmist writes, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. And the wisdom of Proverbs says, the soothing tongue is a tree of life. Per- perverse tongue crushes it. Now the word perverse is used to describe someone that is willful or obstinate or, or contrary to what's acceptable. Scripture continues, a, a perverse person, so this is one of these, you know, obstinate and contrary people stirs up conflict. And they stir up conflict and they cause strife and disharmony. And and it says they stir up conflict and gossip separates close friends. So think about it you greet someone with a pleasant hello and a smile. Then you reach out to someone with a card, and that card is always printed with pleasantries. To talk like a Christian means that you're talking with warmth and something that builds up and encourages. Now, there's a difference with convicting, you know, holding someone accountable. But our words are meant to build up. But even words of accountability can build someone up, was said with love. But to talk like a Christian means that you share the good news of salvation and also your own story. And some authors describe it this way. These are some quotes. Your story is the key that unlocks someone else's prison. Think about that. If you feel like you're the only one going through something, if you're the only one who's committed the sin, who's ever gotten angry, who's ever said something you wish you hadn't said, hearing someone else's story is the key that unlocks that prison for them it also another quote says only god can turn into a message what's a mess a test into a testimony a trial into a triumph a victory a victim into a victory god can take this stuff and do amazing stuff with it so so don't let shame and embarrassment hold you back from the good kind of talking that Christians should do listen to what the bible says about this from philippians 1:12 now i want you to know brothers and sisters What has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Now, this was written by a man who was imprisoned and scorned for sharing the words of the good news. But there are countless stories of joy also being shared from the Psalms, a lot of from Psalms. I will declare your righteousness and your salvation every day, though I do not fully understand what the outcome will be. Now, that's faith, right? Lord God, I will come in the power of your mighty acts, remembering your righteousness, yours alone. He continues, I will praise you to all my brothers. I will stand up before the congregation and testify of the wonderful things you have done. My tongue will declare your righteousness and praise you all day long. To talk like a Christian means to share your story, to share your joy. Likewise, we read in Mark 5 where Jesus is he's restoring a man who has been possessed. Okay. In response, the man, he wants to follow Jesus. Literally, he goes, let me go with you. He begs for Jesus to let him travel with him and the disciples to hear his teachings and become a faithful follower. That is great, right? Don't you think that's the right thing to do? You've healed me. You've got driven these demons out of the that, that have tormented me. Let me go with you. Jesus says to the man, he says, no. He says, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. Jesus said in a way, if you want to be my follower, don't go with me, go for me. Follow my teachings, not my footsteps. And this is still the instructions he gives you today because we can't literally follow him. Okay? He is not of this earth anymore, but we can follow him by going. To talk like a Christian means you talk to God. We pray. We're familiar with the passages that remind us of the power of prayer. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened. Paul writes, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, right? To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. Pray, pray constantly, pray for everything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God, right? Pray. We know the power of prayer. We've already experienced it just minutes ago. We see God at work as we lift up joys and we celebrate the blessings he's given us, we lift, we celebrate the answered prayers. We lift up with hope, new prayers. We know the power of prayer. We feel the unity as we pray alongside each other for the hopes and desires of our hearts. But let's be honest. If there are people involved, and if there are words involved, there will be conflicts, right? There will be. So how do we fight like a Christian? When it comes to fighting with others, we've got to fight fair. 2 Timothy 2, 23-24. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Now, when you go through it and ask yourself, is this just foolish or stupid argument? That's an inside thing. Okay. Don't tell your spouse that this is a stupid and silly argument and you're not going to participate because that's what the Bible said to do. That's bad. It's bad. Um, but think about that, right? Fight for the right things. Proverbs 29:22. An angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Does anyone else take their frustration out on inanimate objects? Wasn't the ladder stupid for sliding when you put it on a rock, right? Do you take it out on other people? I mean, is... Is it so and so's fault that you, know, you spilled your coffee? Do you ever yell at your dog? Right? The only thing that really does love you unconditionally, and it's the dog's fault because you put the ladder on a rocket, whatever. Does anyone else escalate their frustration? You know, this is the warning of the proverb. Any angry person, an angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot tempered person commits many sins. It takes a lot of self control to shut this down or to break the cycle. Self control this happened. I'm embarrassed or I'm hurt or I'm frustrated at the situation not the person not the thing not the dog so we fight fair Proverbs 24:17. do not gloat when your enemy falls when they stumble do not let your heart rejoice remember that this is a quote from Proverbs the tongue has the power of life and death you can use your words to build up and you can use them to tear down you know what your heavenly father wants you to do Hear me on this. Fighting isn't a sin. God calls us to stand up for what is right. And that's his definition of right. And to fight for his will in our lives and in this world. Listen to Jesus' instructions on how we should fight like a Christian. From Luke six twenty-seven through 28 it says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Continues in Matthew 5. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Wow. That's not fighting fair. They want to engage you in an argument. All you want to do is pray for them? That's the quickest way to stop an escalation or break a cycle, especially the one that's brewing in your own mind, right? I didn't pray for that ladder, by the way, but I should have. The truth is this, when you're at odds with someone, truly at odds, you must remember that the real fight is a spiritual one. You may recall a Bible passage that speaks of the armor of God, of its individual pieces, and when it's summed up this way from Ephesians six, Ephesians 6 eleven through 12 it gives a summary. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The fight isn't against the other person. It's against the inequality. It's against the injustice. It's against, against their failure to love, honor, and respect other people. These are sins, and we are to hate the sin. We are fighting the sin. That is the enemy. Right? God wants you to talk like a Christian. He wants you to fight like a Christian, but he also wants you to think like a Christian. This means to take your thoughts captive from 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, we often beat ourselves up when our mind goes places, but remember how the devil works. He chips away, and he gets little footholds. He's already lost the war, but he constantly fights the battle to take you off track from your salvation. His tools are crafty. They are. He whispers lies that are contrary to all the things that we're talking about this morning. And he also gives subtle discouragements and condemning words that creep into our minds. Take your thoughts captive. But if one gets by you, if that thought, you're angry or whatever it may be, whatever that thought that's in your head that shouldn't be there, If that one gets by, just capture the next one. The devil wants you to focus on that and say, you're not a good person. You're not a good person because you're holding a grudge, because you looked at that person just a little too long, because you did this or you said that. That's what the devil wants to do. God says, move on, and the next thought, capture, and capture it for me. Take your thought, capture, be captive. To think like a Christian means you have to take a kingdom perspective from Colossians 3 two. set your minds on things above not of the things that are on earth. And of course the one from Romans 12 2, which we used last week and do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Take a godly perspective. And also from 2nd Corinthians 5 16 therefore from now on we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we now know him in this way no longer. What does that mean? We recognize no one according to the flesh. Right? We don't look at each other and see the humanity. We look at each other and see the spirituality. We look with that kingdom perspective that says, whoever you are, whatever you look like, whatever your story is, God made you, God loves you, and you deserve that from me as well. And to think like a Christian gives you a faith-based hope. Hope is not a wish. I hope baseball starts soon so so I can hope that the Royals win. Wish is a, or a hope is a calm assurance. It's not blind optimism. It's based on what we know about God. I have hope. I have hope that some of our prayers will be answered the way we want. I have hope that all of them will be answered the way God wants. I have hope that there is good in this world, because I know there is. So we must talk like a Christian. We must fight like a Christian. We must think like a Christian. And lastly, we must act like a Christian. We act like a Christian when we glorify God with our lives from 1 Corinthians 10 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now that seems silly. Literally thank Him when we eat and drink? Sure, yes. That's what we pray before our meals. But he's saying everything you do, even the most basic things, be thankful. Be thankful to God for that. Do it for the glory of God, whatever you do. Honor him and serve him and, and through your example and through your thoughts and through your minds. From Jesus' own words heard on the, from the Sermon on the Mount, he says, you are light for the world. A city cannot be hidden when it's located on a hill. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket said, so everyone who lights a lamp puts it on a lampstand. Then its light shines on everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine in front of people. Then they will see that you do see what the good that you do and praise your Father in heaven. Like I said, the world sees you. The world sees you. They see what kind of, of, of efforts you're making. Okay? They see the hope you have. They see the love you have, the patience you have. And when we act like a Christian, we view ourselves as an extension of God, a living extension of God. Second Corinthians refers to us as ambassadors for Christ. It says God makes his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God. Paul is writing saying people are looking at us as we are an extension of God. Jesus was a living ambassador of, of God, but Jesus has gone on to be at God's right hand, so now it's left up to us. We are. Ambassador of God. We are ambassadors of the church. And all together, Paul describes this as Christ's body, and each of us have a part in it. He says, each one should use whatever gift we have to serve others. I like what Teresa of Avila worded uh, in this quote she had. It says, Christ has no body now but yours. Right? He's gone on. He has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, yours are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. To act like a Christian is to be his hands to serve, his feet to carry the message, right? But to act like a Christian means to engage your faith, to put your faith into action, Listen to the charge of John. He says, "Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth." Do you have a calling? Pursue it. Do you have a gift? Use it. Do you have a resource? Share it. Do you do you need a blessing? Hope for it. Wait for it. Be thankful for it. These are putting faith in action. To act like a Christian means that you you gather for worship. From Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, let us consider how to motivate each other to love and good deeds. Not neglecting to meet together is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. There's that word again. Even more as you see the day of the Lord coming near. This is what we're called to do. Acting like a Christian says, get together, encourage each other, support each other, pray with each other. There's an important note about this gathering that we call church. Right? It's, it's neat. I mean, it's neat. And then we have things in common. We talked about that. The greatest common denominator that we share as Christians. And that makes a church. A church is also a building, but a church is this body. But let me tell you, it's not exclusive. You know, just like if we were starting to outgrow this building, we'd figure something out. We'd make sure that everybody had a chance to come to church. It's the same thing with the church that makes it God's body. It's not exclusive. We don't keep people out. Our goal is to get people in. It's all inclusive. God wants everybody in, and it's our part to get them in there. The Apostle Paul sums it up very well in his letter to the Philippians. This is Philippians 1, 27 through 30. He says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again, or I only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You may have seen my struggle in the past and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. That's what he writes. Do you see not only the things that you unite us, but also the words, the troubles, the standing together, the acts of faith, and the fighting. Friends, on this Father's Day, whether you have the world's greatest father or you wonder why in the world God gave you the one he did, let me give you this assurance. You have a heavenly father that knows you better than you know yourself. He loves you in ways and amounts that you cannot even comprehend. And he cares for you, and he wants a relationship with so badly that he gave a part of himself to come here and share the joy and struggles of human life just so he could teach by his words and by his example. And we study and rely on this still today. He gave up that life that was a part of himself for you so that you wouldn't have to bear the punishment for your sins, just the consequences Today is asking you to trust Him, to rely on Him, to talk to Him and have a relationship with Him, to live like a Christian. How will you respond? Will you respond like a Christian? That's my prayer. Let's pray. Father God, there's so much goes on in this life and in this world. And there's so many ways to do things and respond to things. But you say there's one thing that we must do and that is to do all this like a Christian. Like the way you've designed us to be. Like the example you sent your son to be in our lives. We should talk with love and encouragement. We should fight the good fight against the real enemy. Which is the devil himself and his influence on the world and those around us. God, help us to love all, to accept all, to forgive all, but hate that which is evil. God, help us to recognize when acting like a Christian means that we have to get outside of our comfort zone and do something, that we would have to go when we might feel more comfortable staying. God, we thank you for these callings, these gentle nudges and sometimes the shoves that you give us, help us to respond to those with obedience and enthusiasm. God, so much of this world needs to be influenced right now. We can see how one person and the events surrounding one person can, can change the world. And I'm not just talking about your son, I'm talking about the current crises we're experiencing. So God, how much more influence can this congregation And this church body have on the world, Lord, help us to fight for what's right, and to do the right thing, in a peaceful and loving and respectful way. God, my greatest prayer is that we just focus on you, on your kingdom, and the relationship you desire to have with us. We look forward to the day when we can look you in the eye and you bless us and say, good, well done, faithful son, faithful daughter. You've done well with many, or with little, and I, now let me trust you with many as you enter my kingdom in heaven. Lord, let us try to give a little taste of that here on earth. Father, I thank you for this church building, this safe place we gather all it represents and all who contributed to it in the past and the future. As we continue to celebrate our 40 years of existence, we thank you in advance for what you will continue to do here. May we all be changed for what we've heard and experienced this morning, and may we leave this place changed and make a difference in the world around us. We lift this prayer up to you. Amen.